are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. We've got Jay Stevens in of Locked On Buckeyes to talk about everything that happened over the weekend in Big Ten football. It was another exciting week of non-conference football, a little bit of a mix here, here in week four. Had some conference games, some exciting non-conference games too, but I do want to start with your Buckeyes, Jay. That won't count as one of the exciting ones, the big win over Akron, 59-7, to the final score, but... The hot top team in the conference had a new player under center. Let's start with the why. Why was Kyle McCord in there in that game for Ohio State? It was a very precautionary move by Ryan Day. C.J. Stroud has been nursing a hurt shoulder for, I believe, the entire season. I believe going back into fall camp and training camp and playing Akron, 50-point favorites at the beginning. I think it, the, the spread went down to like maybe 49 or 48 at kickoff. But when you're that big of a favorite against a matchup in a matchup at this point in the season, before you begin a grueling Big Ten schedule throughout the rest of the year, this seems like an ideal time to get your signal caller, your QB1, your quarterback, some rest. Kyle McCord, true freshman quarterback, was the QB1, the starter for this past week, this past week's game. Jack Miller, the third, also the third string quarterback. Also got some play in the second half of this game, but it was a very precautionary move from Ryan Day to help C.J. Stroud. So could you see this as a vote of confidence for C.J. Stroud? I mean, he is just a first-year starter himself, too. I imagine if there was anything that Ryan Day wasn't happy about or had going on in his head at all about Stroud's play, he would have been out there. The fact that he's not makes me feel like Day likes what he's seen so far from his first-year starter. I think he's liked a lot of what he's seen from C.J. Stroud. It's very a lot of growing pains. The one thing I think people forget about Justin Fields in 2019 was Fields got some play his freshman year, his first year at Georgia, before transferring to Ohio State. Now, it wasn't a starting role. Jake Fromm was still the starter there at Georgia. But when Fields had gotten numerous plays and played quite a bit as a backup, well, you're going to have a guy that's coming into Ohio State who has a, a former pro coach in Ryan Day that helped him helped ease the path and the progression from being a backup to a starter. CJ Stroud doesn't have that. He he played maybe a handful of plays his freshman year. Now he's the starter. The hurt shoulder, uh, but opening up against a victim opponent in, opponent in Minnesota wasn't the easiest. And so I think it is a little confidence saying, "Hey, let's get you healthy because you got Rutgers, you got Maryland. Maybe not the hardest opponents." but they're going to pose a different threat than maybe anybody else we have seen to date so far this season. Well, how'd the new guy look out there, Jake? Kyle McCord finished 13 of 18, 319 yards, two touchdowns. Certainly wasn't pressured to play by any means by Akron and Zips, but it was still a good first showing by the true freshman. Buckeyes fans, I mean, happy with the performance. And again, this will be the only time we see him out there, will it be, you'd imagine, at least this season? I'd imagine right now C.J. Stroud will still be the starting quarterback before the game. I assume that we would have seen a lot better from Kyle McCord. Now, you say 13 of 18, 300 and plus passing yards. You may think he had a phenomenal <laughs> game. He did have a good game. Don't get me wrong. He did have a good game. 
But being the ultra-critical person that I am, there were some throws, especially early on. First three throws, I believe, were, in, were incompletions. Um, one was – no, well, two was incompletions. One was a backwards pass, which is technically ruled a fumble. So those are some things that were there with him at that point. But I do think it's C.J. Stroud's job. McCord didn't look bad at all. Like, he didn't look bad – um, he did throw an interception and they used that moment, I believe, as a teachable moment. First thing you ask him, what did you see? Not me getting on you. What did you see so I can assist you to not make that same mistake again? I think CJ Stroud is a guy, but I do think we saw some good signs, good play from McCord and Miller in Saturday's game. Well, luckily, McCord has plenty of time to try and figure out whatever it is that Jay may critique him on over the next few weeks, <laughs> years. I'm, I'm sure you're not going to stop talking about him at any point soon or any of the Ohio State Buckeyes. While I'd love to talk more about that game with Akron again, a 59 to 7 final isn't really the intriguing kind of stuff that we want to bring to the podcast on a Monday, Jay. So let's move on to another game before we get into our first break. Of course, we got to talk Wisconsin and we'll chat more about it here in a moment. But right here before we go, Jay. First impressions after that game that ended in a big second Wisconsin loss and a lot of Badgers fans calling for the head of Graham Mertz. I think that what they're calling for it should have been done a while ago. Graham Mertz has had one good game in his career, one even above average game in his career. It was his opening game, the first game that he started last year in a COVID year, as everybody called the 2020 season. He played phenomenal, five passing touchdowns against the Illinois Fighting Illini. We haven't seen that Graham Mertz since. I know a highly a high recruit coming out of high school. We still haven't seen that guy. So if you are a Wisconsin Badger fan, you're calling for Graham Mertz's head. You might also be saying you wish you still had still had Jack Cone. Jack Cone a little bit better than Graham Mertz. Not a world beater. Not a guy that's going to have much eye popping play. But if you're trying to compare the two, Jack Cone to me is a better quarterback. I would want. He's not a guy that I think is going to lead us to a Big Ten championship. It's Wisconsin football. It's just how things are going right now. That game was tied 10 to 10 going into the fourth quarter for the final 41 to 13. Graham Mertz again, 18 of 41, 240 yards, a touchdown, and four INTs. We'll talk more about what that game means just for that side of the Big Ten and everything else going on in that conference. And of course, every other game in the Big Ten that we had over the last week. We'll talk about it with Jay Stevens in just a minute right here on Locked On Big Ten. Hey, we've got more with the J in just a second. But first, prize picks. Fantasy sports is, of course, always huge year-round. And sports betting is bigger than ever. Prize picks is a new way for you to do both. At prize picks, they do things a little bit differently. What you do is you pick from two to five player props, over-unders on points or rebounds if you're looking at a basketball game, anything really. You can cross sports, cross teams. You pick your players and pick against the projected numbers. If you end up picking a string of things right, get a parlay put together, you could end up quadrupling 10 times even more the money that you have. And again, this is all on player props. And if you're a college better, especially, Prize Picks is the leader in college sports daily fantasy. More props on college games, major conferences, mid-majors than anyone out there. If you want to give them a try, you can head on over to prizepicks.com and use our promo code LOCKED ON when you sign up. You'll get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 on the site when you play. Again, it's prizepicks.com and the promo code LOCKED ON, or go to the App Store and download the app today. Prizepicks, 
Daily Fantasy Made Easy. Back in on Locked On Big Ten, alongside Jay Stevens, the host of Locked On Buckeyes, I'm Nate Dickinson. We're talking about every game over the weekend that, well, mattered as far as Big Ten scores goes. We talked about Wisconsin's loss to Notre Dame. We'll talk more about what it means long-term with Asher Lowe on Wednesday. Because, of course, two losses for Wisconsin early, big, but still not really impacting their chance at a Big Ten title game. But we'll get into, again, all that later on in the week. Right now, let's talk about all those games, again, from over the weekend while they're still fresh in our minds here on a Monday, Sunday night, when we're talking to Jay to be fully transparent. But... Jay, let's get into the next game. I wanted to break down Michigan against Rutgers. Now, this one wasn't close for a really long time. Michigan jumped out to an early lead, but Rutgers pulled back and ended up making this game a lot like what I kind of suspected it to be, a bit of a wake-up call for the Wolverines after an easy start to the schedule and really just kind of a reminder for everybody that it doesn't matter how good you look until you start playing teams in this conference because Michigan, again, pulled out a win. Got a good win against Rutgers, but I, I don't think that going into that game, anyone was expecting that to be only a touchdown game and one that was so close at the end. Again, Michigan had a 17-point lead early, so it wasn't that way throughout the entire game. I'm not saying like this is a back-and-forth pull kind of thing, but Michigan was able to get the job done. But that's about all you can say compared to what other things people had been saying about Michigan so far. I mean, 19th in the country going into that game. There's a reason why this team had been ranked so high. I don't think they played up to the expectations, Jay. No, no, they did not. And I've been noticing a trend with Rutgers, and I have a little question about a player on Michigan. Rutgers is playing a lot harder and more consistent. Well, they're, they're going to fight till the very end. We saw it in the Syracuse game. We're seeing it in the Michigan game. They're going to continue to fight till the very end, and I believe that's a trait from their head coach, Ingraciano. I think that they have picked up that trait with him in consistently fighting, and we saw that in this game. Now, the question, the question, the player I want to question is Cade McNamara. Now, granted, it's early in the season, very, very early. Hasn't played very much football this year. But I just like we're calling about saying things about Graham Mertz. I wonder if Harbaugh's going to say, "Look." My quarterback, if I need to get into a throwing match or if I need to score a lot of points to win, this ain't the guy. Now, I understand Ronnie Bell is hurt out for the season. I believe he tore his ACL. So that's a devastating loss for this team. But with him or without him, I don't know if this is the guy. I don't like calling for guys' jobs, but at some point, you got to realize this is a game. We're here to win games. And if this is my guy, if we're this close to Rutgers, I believe early on, I want to say that Wisconsin is a four-point favorite over the Wolverines for this upcoming week's matchup. If that's the case, I would have thought there would have been the other way around. I don't know if you could double-check that, but I I would like to say that if that's the case, you would think that McNamara could be the guy to help help Michigan here in this situation. But for some reason, I don't believe it. His players not believing it. And I have had people texting me over the weekend who are saying that McNamara is not good. Now, if people are saying it to me, that means that not only am I saying it, if other people are saying it, we're all saying the same thing. A lot of quarterbacks in the Big Ten are struggling right now. McNamara is one of them, and he's part of the reason. Plus, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights continuing to fight that this game was so close when it was. A couple missed field goals at the end of the game really hurt Rutgers as well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cade McNamara, 9 for 16, 163 yards, no touchdowns, no INTs, only 16 passes. But again, Michigan was ahead for most of that mm-hmm. game. And to close the door on what you said before, Michigan right now at betonline.ag plus one against okay. Wisconsin. Okay, okay as things stands at the current moment. So uh, that one's getting pretty close to even as again, it, it is right now, but I mean, that's a Wisconsin bet. If you ask me, we'll see how things turn out at the end of the week. When we talk more about that kind of stuff and get into the weekend. Jay, let's move on to the next game. I wanted to discuss here on the docket from over our slate. And that's Minnesota losing to Bowling Green. Now, The Gophers looked really, really good against Colorado a week ago. I was ready to kind of write this team off as going to be okay without Mo Ibrahim. But then they come out and lay an egg against Bowling Green. Tanner Morgan just doesn't look like himself. He doesn't look like a quarterback who who can do this on his own. And that was a question I had had too. He had always had really good talent around him. Now that the wide receivers are a little bit less than after a couple of guys had gone pro. And now that Mo Ibrahim's not there. It seems like maybe he got exposed a little bit over the weekend against these Golden Eagles as they go down 14 to 10 and lose. It was, I think, 21 games. That's what I'm looking for here. I think 21 straight non-conference home games. Minnesota had one, and that streak now snapped. They lose at home to Bowling Green again, a team who's certainly not bad, I guess. They just beat Minnesota, but shouldn't be beating. Again, I think it was like a 30-point favorite, Jay. I don't need to pound this point in anymore. No, no. And at the beginning of the season, when Mo Abrahim got went down in the Ohio State game, I firmly thought that was that Wisconsin. Minnesota's season was going on the downward side very, very quickly because I didn't trust Tanner Morgan. I didn't know what I was going to get from him without their running back being a guy that is going to get the bulk of the attention, bulk of the touches throughout the game. You get Potts, who had 27 carries of his own, 141 yards on the ground, zero touchdowns, but 5.2 yards a carry. You would think that's enough to help and aid Tanner Morgan to be successful on the field. You're not going to win many games when Chris Altman Bell only has one catch for nine yards. You're not going to do that. I mean, those are the things that you expect to happen, no matter if you're playing Bowling Green, if you're playing Ohio State, if you're going to play uh, Michigan, if you're going to play Wisconsin and Iowa. Um, Even if you're playing in Illinois, you can't have one of your best receivers, if not your best receiver, only have one catch in a close, tight game when you need to move the ball to score. That's very, very hurting and concerning to me. We've talked about quarterbacks for this basically the the entire show now, from C.J. Stroud, Kyle McCord, Jack Miller in Ohio State, to Graham Mertz, to me talking about Cade McNamara, Rhett Tanner Morgan right now. Big 10 quarterbacks that you would have thought would have played very, very well this year. Some of them are struggling. I think Graham Mertz, we've confirmed what he is. I think Cade McNamara, we're seeing more of what he is. CJ Stroud to be determined on how good he will be as a quarterback or if one of the backups will take over that number one spot for Ohio State. Tanner Morgan is not getting benched. I, I don't believe he'll get benched at all. I think it's going to be part of the problem for Minnesota, the love affair that Morgan and P.J. Fleck have, yeah, it's there. I just don't think Morgan's the guy. I don't know if they have a backup good enough to put in there to help them be more successful. This, this is not a game you should lose. It's a check game for Bowling Green. They came in, took your money, and they won the game as well. Bad, bad, bad weekend for the Golden Gophers. Yeah, I mean, Silver Linings, Minnesota's obviously still more talented than what that Bowling Green team was. They just need to figure it out. 
a whole lot of Minnesota fans were calling it like the worst performance they've seen since PJ Fleck had gotten to that school. So it's looking like only only place to go is up for Minnesota. And I, I do have faith in Tanner Morgan just in generally. I can believe he could be that game manager kind of quarterback who can mm-hmm. make throws, but he needs to have people around him who can make plays with him too. And those people just have been either going to the NFL or getting hurt over the last few years. And it's led to a Tanner Morgan that's been less than a thriller on Saturday night in overtime over in East Lansing, Michigan state stays undefeated by beating Nebraska, but this was a game we talked about before the weekend as one of those that I expected to be a lot closer. than I think a whole lot of other people outside of the big 10 might have thought, because I still think Nebraska is an exciting football team to watch. I still think that Michigan state's really good, but, I knew when these two teams came together that it was just going to be fun to watch, even if it wasn't close. It ended up being really close and a really good game, too, out there. And Mel Tucker's squad stays undefeated, which is better for the Big Ten storyline, if you ask me. I think it was a perfect game for what we're trying to do here and just a really exciting game overall as Michigan State picks up the big win. Adrian Martinez looked all right, but again, it was the winning field goal in overtime that got the Spartans to remain in, well, Honestly, keep him in the top 25. I mean, think, think about where we are with Michigan State right now. Everyone talked about Mel Tucker. He got hired in at a bad seat, at a bad period. I think he got hired in February, and then in March, everything shut down for the for COVID. And then all of a sudden, we're seeing him. I mentioned, remember him, him at Big Ten Media Days. I think I mentioned this last week. I'm going to keep on saying it because it's very, very important. He said, we're feeling the momentum of the program in every single way and listed off three different ways they're feeling said momentum. We're seeing that right now. The fact that they went down to Miami in Miami Gardens and bullied, literally bullied the Miami Hurricanes. And then now Nebraska, who after playing Oklahoma tough, you're seeing, oh, we can fight. We can play together. We're not as good as other teams. We don't have the talent, but if we play and fight together, we can do something special. It's more of the same old Nebraska thing. And Scott Frost, after the game, mentions it's the same old story. I'm tired of watching the same old movie. I think I've heard him say that twice in the same season. That's probably not the best thing you want to do when you're on the hot seat and your AD is thinking, should I keep this man or let him go? Might be on the let him go side, but Mel Tucker, Michigan State, these guys, these kids keep fighting every single week. Doesn't matter who they're playing. And I'm really, really liking what I'm seeing from the Spartans right now. They're going to be a tough out. They're going to be playing everybody tough. If you don't bring your A game, you might be on the opposite side of that win-loss column than you want to be in Michigan State right now. Yeah, I know they got Ohio State. They got Michigan. They got more Big, e- Big Ten East teams down the road. If those guys aren't ready. I'm not going to be going on a limb and say Michigan State is going to be in the Big Ten championship game. Not there yet, but they they can be very, very tough in these matchups and find a way to upset a couple teams. Well, you can think whatever you want about what Michigan State has on that field, what Mel Cutcher, Tucker is as a coach. But one thing is undeniable is that when Coach Tucker, I got a question for you. What is the number one product on Amazon in the antiperspirant category? All right, it'd be kind of weird if you knew it, but it's sweat block. Of course, sweat block we've told you about before is the deodorant slash wipes that helps you stay dry under the arms all week long. What you do is you just take these wipes they have, if you go that route, put them on and wipe them under your arms 
before you go to bed the night before, and then they could last for up to a week, leaving your underarms dry without any sort of problems if you're just a heavy sweater, or if you're going to be wearing something that, honestly, just sweat goes through easy. Everyone has shirts like that, too. So you can use the deodorant. I've been using it every day. They sent us some over here at Locked On. You can use those wipes for more long-term solutions. Of course, maybe still wear deodorant, too. But Sweatblock has the options for you to make sure that you don't have to worry about sweat along with everything else that you have to worry about throughout your day. Of course, head on over to sweatblock.com and make sure you're using our promo code locked on. Again, it's sweatblock.com for 20% off at the site, and you can also buy it on Amazon, of course, or at a local CVS. All right, it's time for the big one, Built Bar. You already know everything about what Built Bar has to offer if you're a listener to Locked On Big Ten, or really uh, any other Locked On podcast around our network, it seems. But Built Bar right now is a special limited-time flavor cookie dough chunk for you to try out right now. Again, Cookie Dough Chunk, a new flavor for you to try. You can go to BuiltBar.com, put in Locked15 for 15% off your order when you order that or anything else from the website. And be sure to let them know that we sent you that way. Try out their new flavor. Again, if you tried the Built Bars before, I've already told you, not every flavor is for everybody. Honestly, Cookie Dough Chunk sounds like a pretty, pretty universally appealing flavor. But... If you don't like that one, you will find another one that you like over at the site. Go to BuiltBar.com, get all those protein and nutrients you need without any of the junk you don't. You can find, of course, all that information there and a way for you to save money with Locked15, again, on the site if you order the product. Built Bar, helping us get you the show today. One more game I wanted to get to for sure here before we let you go, Jay. I went into Illinois and Purdue thinking that this was going to be a game that like, all right, I'm going to learn something about these teams. Illinois is on the road facing off against another big 10 school has really only looked good at home. Let's see if that team can be any sort of real Purdue looked good at times early on. Hasn't really faced off against huge, huge competition yet. In my opinion, should be able to beat up on an Illinois team. Let's see if they live up to that expectations. Everyone just looked pretty bad, if you ask me, in that game in West Lafayette. 13-9 to in the final. Good looks on Aiden O'Connell to throw that winning touchdown in a pretty clutch situation in the fourth quarter after a dud of a game offensively throughout. Jay, I don't know if I did learn anything about these two teams in this matchup, but if I did learn anything, it's that neither of them is looking really, really complete offensively, at least right now. I, I, again, it, it was not a very, very uh, substantial game. No, no. Illinois with Brandon Peters, I believe is the quarterback's name. Yes. Um, it yeah, is what it that. is. Um, it is what it is there. I mean, he's not a guy that I want being my quarterback. He's not a guy that I think that Brett Bielema, it's Art Sikowski or Brandon Peters. I, you don't really have really good options right now. Go with a more experienced guy. Let him go out there, spin the rock. 14 to 26, 100 and pass 100 passing yards, 3.8 yards per completion. Nothing sexy. Nothing that screams Big Ten football quarterback with those numbers right there. The mm. Purdue side, the one takeaway I could take from this is even if you're back-to-back weeks without Xander Horvath and without David Bell, they're finding ways to win. Now, 13 points, not going to win you many games in the Big Ten. But against Illinois, <laughs> you could do just that. So here's a positive. It's for Purdue, but... 
you got to find a way to score and move the ball and, and do something, but no, not much to take away from these, either one of these. It's just a dud of a game where it was close at the end. Yeah. I think, I think like, again, I didn't, don't know if you can take away a whole lot from the game, but I think maybe what I learned was that, yeah, Illinois is kind of what we all thought they were, which is, I guess, something that I didn't learn. I already knew it. And I guess for Purdue, it was like, if they're trying to decide, is this going to be a team that can actually make some noise or is it going to be a team that's trying to get to that bull eligibility and maybe beat IU at the end of the year? It's looking like it might be leaning toward the latter. If more performances like what we had last weekend keep showing up for the Boilermakers. Jay, before we let you go, anything else you wanted to touch on? There were other big games, not a whole lot that really, really was intriguing. Indiana barely beat Western Kentucky. Maryland knocked down Kent State with pretty pretty much pretty good ease. Uh, moving on, Penn State beat up pretty bad on Villanova. Iowa only beat Colorado State by 10, actually did have to come back in that game. And I believe that's everything. Northwestern destroyed Ohio, too. That's the other game that we missed. We've got to make sure we cover all our bases here. But anything else from the other games before we let you go here on a Monday? The one big thought that I have right now going into the rest of the season, we're about to embark upon October and November, eight more weeks of Big Ten football before the Big Ten championship game, is Talia Tungavaloa the best quarterback in the conference? Now, you're, you might say, Jay, you're an Ohio State guy. <laughs> I don't. I haven't seen enough from C.J. Stroud to say or McCord or Miller to say that they're number one in the conference. Who else is out there? Graham Mertz? No. Cade McNamara? No. Brandon Peters? Absolutely not. Plumber from Purdue? No. Michael Penix Jr.? I hope you're off that train if you're on it before. I firm Adrian Martinez? Sorry. Talia talking about Lowell might just be the best quarterback in the Big Ten football conference. I remember earlier in the season, maybe before the season, the season started, we were on this show when I almost made a statement that Talia Tungvaloa will be in the Heisman conversation. Now, I took that back. I said he can have those type of numbers, but based off the talent around him, he will not be in that conversation. Talia Tungvaloa, if you put him on another team, like another, like a bigger Power 5 team, He's going to be in that conversation because he is that good. Now, I don't know. If, I'm not going to say, yes, he's the best Big Ten football quarterback right now. Yeah. But he has a really, 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 really good case to take that crown. Absolutely does. I mean, we talked about it all preseason. That spot is vacant right now. Nobody's coming in as the current king of the Big Ten quarterbacks or otherwise. And at least through the first few weeks, still open. Talia Tungavailoa has been making as good a case as anyone to be that guy. And Jay Stevens rattled some of the stats and supports for it. He was, again, 384, three touchdowns, one INT as they knocked down Kent State 37 to 16. That was only a two touchdown spread. It was not like they were supposed to blow out, blow out the golden flashes. And again, a 21 point game, they didn't really blow out, blow out them. Jay Stevens is the host of Locked On Buckeyes every single weekday. Everything you need to know about Ohio State. Jay, before we let you go, remind everyone where they can get to the show and, of course, get to you and everything you're doing. Nate, this is always fun every weekend recapping what has taken place in the Big Ten Football Conference. You can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. Make sure to check out the Locked On Big Ten podcast, excuse me, Locked On Buckeyes, Locked On Big Ten as well, but also Locked On Buckeyes Monday through Friday, doing a recap of the game, also getting you ready for the next week's game as well. Monday through Friday, the same place you can catch this podcast, the same place you can catch 
Locked on Buckeyes as well. Kind of a double plug for Locked on Big Ten and Locked on Buckeyes. Accidentally, but it all worked out. <laughs> as Jay already said, listening to Locked on Big Ten every single day, listening to everything that Jay does, wherever you like to listen into all your stuff. This has been Locked on Big Ten. Jay will be back on next week to recap what will be another exciting week of Big Ten football and anything else worth talking about over the weekend in Big Ten sports. Until next Monday with Jay and until tomorrow with me, Nate Dickinson. This has been Locked on Big Ten.